Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hi, this is Corey Dunnigan, the camera coach, and welcome to Full Frame. I'm looking to talk about everything photography, camera gear, photo tips, techniques, editing, even the business side of things. Really, we're just wanting to talk and geek out a little bit about cameras and that sort of thing. Hello, hello, everyone. This is Corey again with Camera Coach, and welcome to Full Frame with Corey. Um, I have a special guest with me today, Mr. Ron Barnett, and um, we'll get into some more introductions with him in just a moment. I do want to just start off by saying thanks for listening and uh, throw out some ways to connect. Um, if you have not visited the website, photocameracoach.com, we just recently overhauled it and uh, tried to make it a little bit easier to find things uh, like sample images and the gear guide, um, our videos, and the blog posts as well. So if you again, if you have not um, actually checked out the website, please do that. And a quick shout out to Rogue Media Network uh, for their studio and their assistance in uh, managing all these podcasts and kind of helping to, to produce them and, and get them distributed. Um, that's great work. Um, some work that I don't have to do, so I'm grateful for that. Um, other shout outs, also Triple Win Waco, um, who works closely with Rogue Media Network, and uh, I'll be teaching some after school classes with them this fall. Um, and then finally, my Patreon supporters, uh, thanks, thanks, thanks to Mandy, Kenan, LaShonda, and Corey. I appreciate all that you guys do. All right, so that's out of the way here. Uh, let's kind of dive in here, and I'm going to let uh, Ron kind of lead this quite a bit. So a little bit different. Uh, Ron, would you mind introducing yourself and tell us what you do? Yeah, uh, first of all, I'm uh, an owner of a business here in Waco, own a software company. <clears throat> but uh, my hobby is genealogy, and I spend a lot of time with doing that. I, remember, I am a member of both the Texas State Genealogical Society and the Central Texas Genealogical Society. Um, I am one of the hosts for um, a monthly podcast at the Texas State Genealogical Society called Lone Star Trails, where we look at various um, not very well-known um, venues for uh, doing research in the genealogical area. Uh, I'm also past president or multiple past president of uh, the Central Texas Genealogical Society and the webmaster for that society. Um, uh, the website for Central Texas Genealogical Society is ctgs.org. I welcome you to check us out there. We have a monthly meeting where we talk about genealogical um, uh, topics and how to do family research and things like 
what we're going to be talking about today, uh, how to preserve your family history through photographs. Yeah, excellent. Okay, great. So, um, yeah, I'm going to reference the, uh, the society as the short CTGS, so that way I don't stumble over it all the time. Um, <laughs> Genealogical is not easy to say. <laughs> you know, yeah, I know. It's, it's one of those where it kind of just doesn't roll off the tongue, right? It's even so, harder to spell. Uh, true, true. I did misspell it the first time I had Siri help me with that earlier. So, um, But yeah, so as you may have guessed, Ron kind of led into this. Uh, we're taking a little bit of a veer uh, from my, my normal conversation about, you know, the equipment and that sort of thing and the business side of photography, uh, just to talk really about kind of the roots of photography. And uh, as uh, Ron and I were talking a while back, Ron, by the way, is my father-in-law, so uh, we get some time to talk um, pretty often. Uh, we were talking about just how photos were used historically. Uh, so in the past, when photography was not just an art form or something that people you know just did as a hobby, um, it had a lot more weight, I think, as far as like the, because it used resources and other things like that, they were more intentional with what they were doing. And, uh, and so not quite in the digital age, right? So, um, so Ron, we were talking a little bit about uh, just how to identify, right? How to identify uh, things. If you come across an old photo, right? Um, and someone's, I don't know, their garage or whatever, you're just kind of sorting through and you can't really place maybe when or where that photo was taken. Uh, you said that there's some some easy things that you can kind of look for uh, to to help you at least kind of not really maybe pinpoint it, but at least kind of narrow things down a little bit, right? Exactly. Well, the first thing, uh, in order to know who is in a photograph, you, it helps a lot if you know who your relatives are, you know, so that you can know that this family had a father three sons and two daughters, and what the, the sequence of ages of those children were. Once you ha- have that knowledge, uh, when you start looking at photographs, you know, you, you inherit a box full of photographs when someone dies, and there's inher- inva- in, inevitably a, a whole stack of them that don't have any kind of identification on them. You have no earthly idea who these people are. Some of them are going to be family members, and some of them might even be friends of family, which you have a hard time identifying. So once you've done some basic family research and you know who your family members are, the next thing is to try and identify not who is in the photograph, but the time of the photograph. Because if you know that um, your aunt, for instance, uh, was born in uh, 1920, and she had three children, and they were born in these particular years, then when you identify the date of that photograph, that helps you identify whether that family member fits the profile of that, that the profile of the aging of that, those family members fit that photograph. How do you date a photograph? Well, one of the best ways to do it is through fashion. Now, I want to caution you, one of the first things that people do when they try to look up fashion trends and identify them and compare them to a photograph is they'll Google it. And unfortunately, when you use the word fashion trends or something like that, when you Google it, you're going to get what was popular in, in New York City or Paris, France. They're going to show the, the fashion trends. If you looked at the fashion trends for the 19, uh, for the 2022, it would not be the things that we wear every day. Mm-hmm. 
So if you want to try and find fashion trends of everyday wear, a good source is the Sears catalog. And the Sears catalog is available online. Uh, One of the places that you can find it is the Haiti Trust, H-A-T-H-I Trust.org. It's a huge um, digital resource of um, everything from books to uh, um, pictures and so forth. So, for instance, um, we're going to be posting uh, on Corey's site uh, a picture of a family photograph that was taken um, in my within my family, um, I call it picnic on the grounds, and it's a group of about twenty people standing around and sitting around food that's literally on the ground. When you look at that photograph, um, you look at the hats that are worn by the women, and you see broad-brimmed hats with lots of flowers on the top. The hats that are worn by the children are broad-brimmed, flat hats that are maybe only two inches high, very, very flat, almost look like a Frisbee. Mm -hmm. And um, then you see one or two of the kids that are wearing sailor outfits. When you start looking at those fashion trends, some of them narrow it down more than you'd think. Uh, The sailor, sailor, when I started looking at that, I thought, oh, that's going to nail it for me. You know, when did kids wear sailor outfits? Mm. Well, from about 1846 to 1930. <laughs> <laughs> so about 100 years. Yeah, yeah, so that doesn't narrow it down much. So start looking for other clues in the photograph, like the hat that the women wear. Mm-hmm. That narrows it down to about 1910 to 1915. Okay, there you that go. narrows it down yeah. a bunch. But the photograph that I um, displayed uh, on, the, uh, on the website also ha- has another great clue, and it gives you a good reason to uh, use Photoshop or some type of tool like that to uh, zoom in and lo- look at the details. When you look at that photo, you'll see a box that says Zanzine, and um, Z-A-N-Z-I-N-E. So I thought, well, that's unusual. What in the world is that? So I Googled it. Took a lot of digging on Google to find it, but it was a medication that was sold starting in 1906 and primarily through 1907 to about 1908. It was sold only in Texas and primarily in Central Texas. It was a cure for malaria and the chills and um, things that we don't really worry about today. Yeah, yeah. Um, but that narrowed the uh, time frame of the photograph down greatly. Wow, that's so cool. Look for clues like like that to uh, get the time frame that the photograph was taken. Mm-hmm. Excellent. I'm going to rehash a little bit of that, just kind of circle back here. So, um, you know, if you're new to um, genealogy and you're looking at some old photos and that sort of thing, um, you know, this, this whole concept of, you know, basic family research, uh, knowing just generally your relatives, you know, that sort of thing. And, you know, grandma had three, three brothers and two sisters and, you know, well, only, you know, whatever, seven of them. Oh, that is seven. Sorry. Only, you know, like five of them had, had kids, you know, and like just kind of generally knowing your family structure. Um, and today's time, that's actually becoming a little bit less of a, of a thing, right. Of a priority. And so, um, you know, as we really 
grow up and we start to realize the value of some of these pictures, then it kind of makes you turn back to looking into some of that stuff and digging. Because I know when, uh, when I graduated from college, I spent a lot of time talking to my grandmother and finding out different things about my family and, my, and her parents, you know, and that sort of stuff, just the historical kind of trends and just things like that. So, so you're not lost in, in, if you end up inheriting this big box of photos and you know nothing about your family. Like that's, that would be really difficult, you know, um, if you haven't been taking the time to try to find that stuff out. So um, very, very good key information there, basic uh, family research. And then um, Google searching is not all there is. So that, that's a great uh, point to kind of reference when, you, when you're looking up the fashion, fashion trends for a year. Um, you can fine-tune it a little bit. You know, you can say fashion trends in Central Texas, blah, blah, if you know the location. Uh, but still, Google's not the know-all, end-all, be-all. So you have to have other references, other resources, if you will, um, when you're trying to do true research and, and to do some digging, um, have multiple options for that. So uh, thanks for mentioning that, and it is kind of comical that, you know, if you do those t- type of searches, you get stuff from uh, not really what we would wear, but more the fashion industry is what it's going to key off of. Um, and, and so that's that's really good. Let me give another reference that I think is a great reference for uh, doing genealogical research, and that's a site called Cindy's List. Um, if you just Google Cindy's List, you'll find it. Uh, it has literally hundreds of thousands of uh, websites that are genealogical related. So you can go to Cindy's list and go there and then look for sites that are fashion oriented and it will point you to the ones that are going to give you the most valuable information. Gotcha. Well, so someone's kind of done some of the, the groundwork for you to help even give you a lot of those other resources instead of being on your own. So there you go. Cindy's list is definitely a big one. Um, definitely. Um, and then, so we talked about, you know, kind of what to do if you inherit, you come across these photos and you don't, can't identify the time period or, you know, off the top of your head or who the people are. Um, but I think we, we also touched another topic, um, in our conversation last time, as far as, um, what's tending to happen now in a digital age with photography, um, when, some of those memories actually get lost um, and they get lost because they aren't being used. They're being taken, the photos are taken, right? But they're just sitting on a phone or on a hard drive or, you know, something like that. And so I'm going to let you just kind of dive into that, talk a little bit more. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Um, because that was really, really interesting when we talked about that. Yeah, this is something I'm kind of passionate about. It occurred to me uh, when we inherited Susan's grandmother's box of photographs. Susan's Susan's my wife. Um, When we inherited that box of photographs, um, and I was uh, looking at all those photos, I thought, you know, when someone, when I die, what's going to be left behind? 
And there are a lot of photographs that are going to be left behind from the 70s and 80s and 90s, but right around the year 2000 when we started getting more and more digital, the collection starts getting smaller and smaller and smaller. And what's left from the last 20 years is largely electronic. Mm-hmm. I've, I've been good, and I've kept copies of that on Dropbox and on uh, Google Photo. But uh, when I pass on, who's g- going to have access to my old Dropbox account that I paid a subscription for or my Google Photos? So the critical thing uh, is to make sure that those photographs are, are archived in a manner that it's going to be able to be passed on to your family. How do you do that? Well, first of all, um, one of the both advantages and disadvantages of digital photographs is we get covered up with volumes of photographs. Where we used to take a dozen photographs, now we take a hundred because we're not having to pay for film and film developing. Um, So the first thing you need to do is filter through and uh, identify some keepers. Don't burden your relatives with 10,000 photographs and they have no idea which ones are significant and which ones are not. So the first thing to do is go through and decide which photographs you'd like to pass on and are pass-on worthy. The next thing to do is save the information about those photos. Now, in the days of a print, it was really easy to do. You could just get some pencil, get a pencil and write on the back of the print, uh, left to right, this is who these people are. How do you do that with these types of photos? Well, one way to do it is very, very simple. Make an extra copy of the photograph that's a guide to who's in the photograph. You can very simply use... Um, Paint in Microsoft Word, for instance. I'm sorry, Paint in uh, Windows. Uh, you can do it with that. You can have a t- text editor uh, b- built into your um, into uh, your photos, and you can just click on a place, uh, like right under uh, Uncle Tim's face, and um, uh, click on the text icon, and then uh, put Tim Jernigan or whatever the person's name is. Yeah. Don't do that to your original photographs. Keep your original photographs, but make an index copy for your relatives to be able to know who it is, and they'll they'll thank you for it. Because you're not always going to be around to be able to say, "Oh, that's I know who that is. That's so and so." Right. Yeah, it's not really the most exciting you know topic to talk about. You know, like oh well, when I'm gone, what's going to happen with my pictures? But really, if you don't think of this, uh, I think down the line, then there's some history that's going to be lost, you know, and there's some, you mentioned kind of like what the key photos, the most important photos are. Um, there's so much value in photography, which is why it's been used for so long to document and to show these things that you want to make sure that you do the, at least the groundwork so that it can pass on. And so, you know, my kids, my three kids grow up and, when I pass away, then they can see, oh, that's my, my uncle, you know, from Houston, da, 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 you know, those sort of things. Um, and, and those aren't lost. Those relationships aren't lost. And so if they show up at a family reunion and so-and-so walks up to them, 
well, then they at least have some bearing of, you know, who they are and they can, oh, we saw a picture of you, blah, 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 you know, and in dad's phone or on his hard driver, you know, that kind of thing. Um, and so I thought this was really, really interesting just because nowadays, you know, like you say, on, on, on our phones or just kind of with digital photography, we have no limits. We have just take pictures, clear the card, take more pictures, clear the card, just keep going. Right. And I think there's like 9,000 pictures sitting on my phone right now. Um, and so if you don't take the time to really filter, to sort through those and, and identify what's worth keeping, then you're not really going through the full process. You're kind of doing three fourths of it, right? You do like every step except for the last one. And, um, and so that last step is really important and it takes time though. That's, that's the thing, the, the catch to it, right? Is you've got to slow down enough to actually do these things, um, so that those photos can continue to have value for a long period of time. That's one of the reasons why it's so important to narrow it down. Because when you look at a file folder that has 10,000 photos in it, that is so overwhelming. Yeah. You never even start. Right. Because you just know there's no way you're ever going to get through 10,000 photos and identify everybody in all of them. <clears throat> yeah. Um, one other uh, important aspect of this we need to talk about is how do you, not just how do you um, identify the people in the photographs, but how do you pass it on in a way that is going to last millennia? Uh, well, not necessarily millennia, but at least decades. Last, yeah. uh-huh. You know, if you had your uh, photos saved on a, a three-inch floppy drive from the 1980s. <laughs> Love it, yes. Who would be able to read that now? Mm. Very, very few people. Yeah. Um, so it's important that you put it on a media that is going to be able to be read at, at least for a good while and does not degrade. Um, ma- any kind of media that is magnetic, whether it's a diskette or a hard drive, is going to fail. It's not a matter of if it will fail. Yeah. It's a matter of when. Hard drives do not last forever. So do, don't put your permanent archive on a, on what a you know, like a little terabyte um, external drive that's yeah. just so nifty because you can put so much stuff on it. That's great, but it's not going to last forever. Um, a much better medium would be a flash drive. Flash drives last for a very, very long time. Go ahead and invest in quality name brand flash drives. The, the flash drives that you buy for five bucks at the store that have you know a cute little cartoon figure on it and so forth, those are generally cheap knockoffs and they're not going to last as long. So get a good brand name brand um, uh, flash drive to put it on. Gotcha. Quick question on that, right? So you mentioned the hard drives. Typically, a lot of the hard drives right now, those external ones, they have the magnetic. Uh, magnetic strip. They have like the the rotating piece in them. There are solid state hard drives. Would those actually be comparable to a flash drive, or is that something that you also would say I I wouldn't go that route just to stick with the flash drive? Well, flash drives are much cheaper mm-hmm. than uh, solid state drives. Yeah, solid state drives are great drives, and um, they only have their limited life is a number of reads and writes. You know, so the, the more you access it and uh, read it and then write back and then read it and then write back, the more, more of those deteriorate. Mm-hmm. Um, flash drives don't tend to do that as badly as, as solid-state drives do. Mm-hmm. But for the type of purpose I'm talking about, 
one of the uh, important things is that uh, you make multiple copies and distribute them among multiple family members. A solid state drive, you're not going to yeah, do that because they're just too place. expensive. Yeah, so right. you might want to keep your copy on a solid state drive mm-hmm. and then buy a dozen flash drives at you know 10, 20 bucks each mm-hmm. and um, then turn around and distribute those to your children, your grandchildren, your brothers and sisters, and so forth. Right, right. Okay. Interesting. Okay, cool. So that is that actually, I think, was a very important piece, an interesting piece to add to that. So, you know, once you do all this work, then thinking through the dissemination dissemination of it, like how how do you get it to the to your children, to those others? And and just um, a little bit of tech, um, well, I won't say wizardry there, but uh, just understanding kind of the the technology that at hand with uh, what would be the better, most effective uh, least degrading, you know, kind of kind of process or, or or product. So, by the way, um, CDs and DVDs do degrade. Um, not as bad as magnetic media does, but they do degrade, and they won't they won't be around forever. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So, <laughs> CDs and DVDs. So, a lot of my listeners, yeah, they still probably have a few of those around. But um, it, we're getting to a place where I'm starting to feel a little bit older and talking about stuff like CDs and DVDs. So. <laughs> um, anywho, all right. So um, that's really kind of what we were camping out on today. We are just going to take a slight, you know, change of, of pace here and talk about something um, more of a historical context, really, for photography instead of, you know, if you're trying to build a business and all that sort of stuff. So uh, if you haven't really taken the time to, to look at uh, your, your history, your family history, uh, or you have that box of, uh, of old photos that you inherited and they're just sitting there, um, then why don't you take the time? Take, take a little bit of time to really uh, just take a step or two towards this process and, and identifying, you know, family and, um, and being able to pass that history on. So, uh. One other important aspect uh, about preserving uh, photographs is digital photographs even though they have the disadvantage of not being in print, print photographs also have the disadvantage of deterioration. Mm-hmm. Um, the chemical process that prints that photograph continues to a- uh, happen, right. particularly if it wasn't washed well. So you see a photograph from the 60s or 70s, it's likely to have a hue to it. Mm-hmm. That, that, that's that chemical process still going on. Right. And that causes it to have a weird tint. So one of the most important things you can do for your paper photographs is to scan them in and, and uh, make sure, sure you have a digital copy of them. Yeah. Also, um, an, another important thing to scan in is any paper documents, um, like a newspaper or article, obituary, and things like that. P- people ask, how do you uh, preserve an obituary? On newsprint, you don't, because newsprint's gonna, yeah. uh, it's gonna turn brown eventually. So capture it while you still can. Scan, scan, scan. Gotcha. Okay, great. So that's actually a great, um, just kind of thing to lead, uh, not lead off, but to to finish off on there is just making sure that at some some form or fashion, some form or fashion, you are uh, thinking about how your your 
photography, your photos that are most important, um, not your entire phone, right? But just the things that, that really should be passed on that they are, that they are, you know? And so how that's going to happen, it won't happen magically. It won't happen because someone else does it. Um, it's, it's really up to, to you individually. And so um, I, I would say that your children and their children um, would greatly appreciate knowing about their family. And um, that's something that you're not going to hear right now or, you know, just uh, benefit from right now. But it is something really, really, really worth your time. So, um, we're going to close out here and, and just kind of wrap up. Thanks for listening to, today, to today's session. Um, <clears throat> if you have any pressing questions, uh, you can text uh, text me at 254-307-7469. Um, and we can make sure that we address those questions on the next episode. Um, or you can actually contact us through some other media. So other ways to contact us are uh, Facebook or Flickr. Um, Flickr is actually just more of a uh, kind of a photo uh, portfolio, if you will. But both of those you can find us at Photo Camera Coach. Um, Instagram is camera.coach. And um, there is also a YouTube channel with some other photography information there. Um the, uh, the last thing I want to mention is just kind of uh, to keep a lookout for live streams. Uh, we are doing weekly live streams on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, YouTube, and Twitch. Uh, just all those are in reference to more of the tech, tech side or business side of photography. Um, but we will definitely be posting this photo that Ron mentioned. Um, and that's going to go on Facebook. It'll be on the website as well, photocameracoach.com. Okay. All right. Well, again, thanks for listening uh, and we hope you have an amazing day um, and go look at some old photos. Have a great day. You will be able to find me at photocameracoach.com or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also find me at roguemedianetwork.com. This has been a Rogue Media Podcast.